episode 27. You're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Hello there, fabulous business owner. I'm Stacey and welcome to the podcast. I am really excited about today's episode as it's episode 27. And I was actually surprised that I surpassed the 25 quarter century of the podcast on episode 25 without much of a celebration. So I want to give you all a virtual cheers for listening in because I know some of you tune in each and every week and that does not go unnoticed. Also in this episode, the podcast is going global, which is also super exciting with my very first international guest who I will talk about more in a minute. For those that don't know me well, I'm Stacey and I'm a social media strategist and sales coach who helps female entrepreneurs create selling systems using social media that actually get results so you can attract, engage and convert more followers into clients. We work on an authentic sales practice that is simple, easy and fun for you to implement in your business so that you can not only claim back your time and freedom to spend on the things that you love, but also get your groove back and enjoy your time on socials so that it becomes a passionate and thriving part of your marketing ecosystem that actually gets you the results you deserve. If you want to know more of how you can get this in your ears each and every week, then please hit subscribe on the podcast on your favorite podcatcher so you can be notified weekly when these episodes drop. I also want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by my marketing membership, The Social Collective, where big-hearted brands with small budgets can get the skills, strategy, and know-how to master their social media, email, and content marketing for good. With a plug-and-play learning system of existing lessons and training, plus an ongoing delivery of new lessons, masterclasses, and live video support, this community is one of the simplest learning methods around. Plus, if you are someone who needs all the guesswork taken out of the equation, we have templates, planners, cheat sheets, plug-and-play caption, image templates, content calendars, and more. And with a Facebook community for ongoing support so you can have access to not just your coach, which is me, but other people on the same journey that are ready to make friends and cheer you on along the way. To get all this for less than $2 a day, you won't see this value anywhere else. You can check out a snapshot of our lesson library on the collective Instagram page at the double underscore social double underscore collective and head to the link in the bio to join the game. Now, this episode I know is recorded for all of you out there that are constantly hustling and grinding on the DIY merry-go-round as I will be talking to Kristen from Yes Boss about how the DIY mindset can be anti-entrepreneurial which is a really interesting topic because I know that for most of us Aussies in particular, we kind of have that hard yakka mindset and almost even wear hard work on our shoulder with a badge of honor. 
but are we actually doing DIY at the detriment of our growth? Well, tune into this episode. It's really eye-opening and celebrate with me as the Social Hub podcast goes global. All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I have a guest speaker from the US today, which is really exciting because that means that the Social Hub podcast has gone global. All of my other speakers have all been um, from Australia, or even if they're not Australian, have been living in Australia. So this is really exciting to get the podcast over into the States. Um, and I'm talking to Kristen from Yes Boss. And when we connected via email and just have been chatting before I hit record, on the podcast, the context of this episode is all around the DIY mindset. And I'm really passionate about talking about this because most of you guys out there that listen to uh, the podcast or that are in my Facebook group or basically my entire audience, a lot of you are DIYing pretty much everything that you do in your business. And, you know, obviously that's a benefit for me because I'm a social media coach. So I'm teaching people how to do things better for themselves. But there's a lot of um, stress, overwhelm and burnout that comes from trying to DIY everything. Um, and Kristen has some really good points to make about the DIY mindset and how it can actually be anti-entrepreneurial, which is actually what kind of was the, the kicker for me to say, yes, I would love you to be on my podcast because I think this is a really cool concept to explore and might give a few of you some light bulb moments. So I would love, Kristen, for you to share, introduce yourself, share a bit about yourself and your business with our audience today, and then we'll get stuck into some really cool content. Yeah. So I didn't realize I was the first American or the first person living in the States to be on the podcast. So thank you. This is really yeah, cool. I feel exciting. like it's such an honor. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> That's so awesome. So uh, my name is Kristen Molinar, and like you said, I am the um, founder and CEO of Yes Boss. We are a virtual agency that offers online business management and digital marketing implementation to solopreneurs. Essentially, um, I started this journey as a virtual assistant. I started making $15 an hour in the virtual assistant world because I could not figure out how to be a successful entrepreneur myself. And so I picked up some virtual assistant gigs and it was a lot easier for me at the time than figuring out how to make money and build this business. But I quickly realized that picking up virtual assistant gigs actually was a business and I turned it into an agency. And so now I have an agency and I'm able to function in the CEO capacity. Um, I have a small team and we really are on a mission, you know, me and my team, we're on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial stress. We feel like once you have figured out how to become successful in your business, like you said, Stacey, you know, DIYing things and getting to a certain level in your business, there becomes this time where you're like, either I, I'm going to like lose my mind because I'm doing all the things and I'm stressed out or I'm going to lose income. And I, I can't, I can't grow anymore because I am maxed out on time. So what the heck do I do? And so we come in and we come alongside our clients. We help hold the vision for their company with them and really take on all of that stuff that the solopreneur should not be doing for themselves so that they can get back to growing their business to the next level. So I love talking about you know, entrepreneurship. I love talking about delegation. I love talking about mindset, all this stuff. So I'm just honored to be here and um, really 
I, I like that you said that a lot of the people in your community are DIYing. I'm excited to have this conversation and look at DIY a little bit differently than a lot of the marketers are hitting us um, with all this messaging right now about DIYing everything. So I want to flip the script and talk about it a little bit differently. And I'm excited to get into that with you because I think that this is, that this is going to serve a lot of people. Yeah. And I think sometimes there's a, a big, uh, like a thought that goes through a lot of solopreneurs, particularly that they have to learn how to do everything themselves. But let's be honest, we're not all good at everything. So <laughs> it can be really hard to try and be the master of everything in your business when you actually started your business because you're a master of, you know, one particular thing. So I guess that really leads in then to, I would love you to explain a little bit more about why you feel the DIY mindset is anti-entrepreneurial. Yeah. So this is what I see going on is you become an online entrepreneur and you get on Facebook and Facebook catches wind that you are an entrepreneur and you're online and all these marketers are now starting to market to you and they're marketing to you how to set up your MailChimp account, how to set up your Squarespace and how to set up, you know, get in Planoly and how to make a beautiful Instagram feed and a lot of things that are all very great and are all very necessary at some point in your business. But the problem is that entrepreneurs are literally doing it all. <laughs> They're doing every single thing. So being an entrepreneur is being a visionary and vis a visionary that creates processes and people to carry out the vision. And what's happening is I think that entrepreneurs with the, or people with the intention of becoming entrepreneurs are really becoming like freelancers and they are creating more glorified jobs for themselves just because they're their own boss. It doesn't mean that it's not a job. So um, I, I'll give an example of where I see this happening and why I think that it's anti-entrepreneurial and something that pertains to people like right in the very beginning stages of their business. So I see this happening all the time. People realize that they need to have on their website, they need to have like an opt-in offer. And then they're like, okay, cool, let's do this. You know, so they go, they Google like how to hook up my MailChimp with my Squarespace yes. account, you know, yes, it's like, okay, yeah, you got to learn how to do this, right? Well, between looking up the original research, actually doing it and then troubleshooting it and then fixing what you didn't do right, <laughs> right? You've probably spent like 10 hours doing this task. Yep. You've probably spent how many days? Because let's face it, when you don't know what you're doing, it's frustrating. And you're also riding the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur of like, yes, I've got this. And then oh my gosh, I want to throw my computer out the window. Yeah. And then like this whole, you know, mental game that we go through. I so, see this happen a lot too with people that they're trying to do this, but they've also got clients to see and full, yeah. full days full of people that they actually yeah. need to be in appointments with and serve. And then they're trying to like build this mail email opt-in in their yeah. spare time. And it takes up so much time and energy when they need that energy to serve their people. Absolutely. I love that you talked about the energy piece because that is something that we underestimate and not until you've been in business for a while do you start to realize that energy that like you don't have four hours of energy because you have four hours on your calendar. Oh, like you have to manage your no. energy. <laughs> 
Yes. So you even more so like you've just added another point for me, like even more so you shouldn't be doing these grading things for yourself. So going back to the example, say you spend 10 hours getting your freebie offer figured out instead of spending two, 10 hours getting your freebie offer figured out, you could find a really awesome virtual assistant who charges like $40 an hour who can get that same task done for you in two hours max. Yeah. That, you know what that's going to do? It's going to get it done in literally two hours. I also tell people that we're working with when you do this, ask that person who you've delegated to, to also create a training video for how they did it for you. So you know exactly how it was built for yourself. This does a couple things. It helps you jump over the mindset issues that are going to come up when you're trying to DIY things. It's going to get the job done faster and it's going to produce assets for your business <clears throat> because as a business owner, your assets are like your documented processes. And so you now have that that's been delegated to somebody else. It's done. Cost you what? $80. I feel bad because now I'm talking in US dollars and you guys are <laughs> in oh, Australia. No. It's, it's, all relative. it's all relative. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> so it costs you like $80. Well, look at it this way. If you spent 10 hours on something that could have cost you $80, you're essentially saying you're only worth $8 an hour. That is so anti-entrepreneurial. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. And I, I sometimes say it to my clients and to my audience that you've got to work out what is your zone of genius. And if your zone of genius is not setting up an email opt-in, then maybe it's better not to spend your time doing those things. It's like my like keeping my books up to date bores the shit out of me. So I would rather someone else do that for me so that I can create beautiful landing pages and online courses and record podcasts because that's what I'm good at and that's what I like to do. Makes more sense for me because otherwise I just put it off and I don't do it. Or when I do it, I do a really crappy job. So I'm far yeah, better yeah. off investing in the, the investment for someone to do it for me. So yeah. I guess then... Like, how do you ensure then? Because it's almost like you said, you put, you set up a Facebook page and then all of a sudden you get bombarded with all these ads and all these people telling you that you should do this and you should set this up. And you're not, we're not really told to outsource it. We're told to do it ourselves. Um, so how do you ensure that you really lift up your mindset to have a CEO mindset from yeah. the start or, or, or start to create one if you don't have one now? There's this really silly thing that I do for myself that is totally silly, but it proves a very good point. I ask myself, what would Richard Branson do? <laughs> okay, so that sounds so bizarre, but hear me out. I ask myself this because I know that as an entrepreneur, I need to be doing the things that light me up and the things that I enjoy and the things that are in my zone of genius, because that is going to help my company and what I'm doing have greater impact. And it's going to continue to give me fuel to go after things. Like you were talking about your books. If you're doing your books, yes, you could spend an hour on your books, but then you're energetically depleted and you probably can't do anything else for the rest of the day. Versus you get on something like this, like you and I obviously both love podcasts. Like you get on a podcast for an hour, you get off the podcast and you're like, yes, I could like take on the world. Oh, I feel amazing. I feel yes. so good. It's like, it's, it's like a joyful day. And I think we need to do the things that bring us joy. Yes. As well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's going to enable you to create a bigger impact. Yeah. And 
I mean, I feel like so many of us get into this entrepreneur space because we want to make an impact in our lives and in the lives of others. Like, look, you're going to be able to create more impact in the lives of others if you function as a CEO, if you function as a visionary entrepreneur, you're also going to make more impact in your own personal life. Like, I am a mom of a two and a half year old and my two and a half year old takes a lot of energy. I can't be running a business that sucks the energy out of me because then I'm going to be a crappy mom. Like I have to build a business that fills me up energetically so I can then go be my best self for my family. Yeah. And I think, you know, right now, because at the time of recording, we're dealing with coronavirus and the effects that that has on life. And I think even from all those mums that have got their kids at home at the moment and trying to balance those things, like looking at, you know, what's bringing you joy in this situation? Like if you want to spend time and do a puzzle with your child, could you outsource something else to get done in your business that you really maybe don't need to be doing? Like you can look at it in so many different ways. And I know you use Richard Branson as an example, but I think we've all got someone that we look up to in business, whether it's someone we know or someone that's reasonably high profile or someone who we feel is like just killing it in our industry. You know, ask yourself, what would they do? And I do that a lot. I, I, I look to a lot of people that I know and that I have worked with and that I respect, like other business coaches and that. And I often go, well, would that person do this themselves? No, they would definitely outsource it. They'd get over their perfectionism and they would just let someone else do it for them. And I think as women, we find it really hard to let go. And we Absolutely. were talking about that before we, we um, pressed record as well, is how we're finding, we find it really hard to let go of things. Yeah. So have, have you got some, I guess, some processes or you know, some sort of steps that you take to relieve this stress? Like, you know, what's kind of your process to help people do that? I do have a process. Um, in mid-2019, I guess it was, so, you know, almost a year ago, I guess, um, my t- one of my team members, one of the women on my executive team was asking me, like, how can we serve our clients better and what's, like, the yes boss process? And I, when she posed this question to me, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. Like, certainly there's got to be a process. Let's define it so that we can give our clients a... Um, like a very structured experience and let's let's figure out like what what is it that all of our cl- our successful clients are doing that we can then duplicate and help all of our clients be just as successful as our successful clients. And when I looked when I really started thinking about it, I thought about like what I had done too because here I am. Yes, I run a virtual agency, but I don't do client work. I am the CEO and I've been able to scale past the initial six figures and I don't work a whole lot. Like I, on average, spend about five hours running this business a week. Like I really, really do not work a lot. I do the stuff that lights me up and my team does the rest. So I was thinking about it and and it really boiled down to some very specific points. And I have a three-step process and I can give you the Cliff Notes version of it for the sake of the podcast, but it's so simple. Okay, so number one, is that you have to identify your essentials. Stop doing all the non-essential stuff in your business. I break it into two categories. How are you uh, marketing your business and how are you monetizing your business? You don't have to do all the things to market. You just need to figure out how to bring people through to sales. How do you create clients? How do you impress people? How do you close people? 
That's it. Don't get too complicated. What's the way that it's working? Pick what's working, what fits with your heart and what the data is saying is working and ditch the rest of the stuff. Yeah, And hallelujah, because I say that all the time. Any of you listeners out there would have already heard me say a million times over, don't focus on six to seven to eight different marketing platforms because you just spread yourself too thin. You have a very watery message because you're trying to put it over too many places. Just focus on the, you know, one to three platforms that work and keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I'm trying to drill this point home for people, pun intended there, I use <laughs> drilling for oil as an example. So when you drill for oil, you drill in one location and you've got to drill really, really deep to hit oil. Not until you have struck oil, do you then start drilling in a second location? And that's what I see people doing. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing Instagram. I'm doing Instagram. Oh, okay. Now I'm doing, you know, this other thing like uh, online show or Pinterest yeah, yeah. or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but were you, did you figure out how to get results with the first method before you started pursuing the other method? Like you were probably a couple inches away from nailing it, Absolutely. but instead you jumped ship. Yeah. That's yeah. such a bummer. So that that's step number one is identify your essentials. So what's your essential marketing strategy and monetization method. So, you know, the other point of the other side of this is like, how many ways are you monetizing? Is it, are you monetizing a million ways? Are you, do you have a million offerings? Like that's going to make growing your business difficult also, because when people ask you what you do, you're going to be answering with, um, well, it depends. Yes. <laughs> Nobody yes. understands that. Yes. So it's a lot easier to market when your monetization is nailed, you know, dialed in. So from there, once you've figured out what is essential, you move on to the second process and we put these things together. It's automate and delegate. We put it together because if automation is not your zone of genius, you need to delegate the automation. <laughs> yep. And I think for a lot of people listening, they're probably sitting there nodding their head going, yes, automation is not my zone of genius. I have no idea what Zapier is or what it does or how it works. And I don't understand how to get this tech to talk to this tech. And I've Googled it and I've YouTubed it and I still don't understand it. So if it's not your thing and you don't understand it, don't do it. Get someone else to do it because they'll do it in an hour, like you said, instead yes. of you spending a week on trying to set up, I don't know, a, a, a simple automated process. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When people find out that I run a, a virtual agency, they ask me things like, what kind of project management tools do you use? And I said, well, we use Asana. And they're like, well, how do you use Asana? And I said, I don't know, because I don't use it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, my team uses it, my company runs on it, but that is not my zone of genius. Like, I have someone on my team and that is their zone of genius. And if I didn't have a team, I would have figured out what worked for me and I would have, you know, had, I would have, well, before I had that team member, I just used Google docs. Like I used what worked for me. Yeah. And then as my team grew, you know, I had people in my team that were up leveling things, but yeah. So anyways, if you're not a pro at automation, you don't need to learn how to automate. You just got to get people in place. And then the third step is my absolute favorite. And I feel that this is not something that people talk about very often, but that is to make sure that you're making effort-free income. Okay, so by now you've brought on somebody on your team, you've gotten to this delegation phase. What I see happening so often is where entrepreneurs are delegating things that are like overhead tasks 
and they're not bringing their team into things that are actually generating profit for their business. And so as an entrepreneur, that most people are solely responsible for those money-making activities. And I would say that's a very risky place to be because if something happens to you, you can't be there to generate money. Yeah. Like I, well, in, if you just want to go on a holiday, go on holiday. Yeah, Don't exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My grandfather um, got sick and ultimately he passed in late 2018. And it was at that point that I realized I am so glad that I can take time off and my income does not suffer. And in the middle of coronavirus, like we have so many moms that are being pulled in a lot of different directions, taking care of their kids. You need to bring other people into making profit for your business. It doesn't necessarily mean that your team has to help provide the services that you're offering right now. It could, what it could also mean is like white label services. So this is something we would do with our clients. I'll give you an example to, to kind of make the point clear. We have a client who helps people book stages. She does coaching to help people book stages. We come in and she sells an add-on service to her coaching for like a done for you. So the done for you is researching stages, pitching stages, and actually handling, like actually getting her clients on a stage. At Yes Boss, we do that package for her. She sells the package for over $1,000 and we execute for under $750. So she's making money off of us doing work yeah. because it's a strategic white label partnership. So that's an easy way to bring in just a bit more cash that doesn't require extra work for you as the entrepreneur. And yeah, we do um, a lot of marketers use white label over here as well, but not as much, I don't think, as what you probably do in the States. I think Australians are still a bit, you know, we're, we're a bit, we're a bit of a, a more relaxed, slower society over here. We don't get onto things like that as quickly, but um, I know a lot, I have used it before and other people have, and it's a great way to keep the client with your company. Yes. Um, with your company, with your brand, without referring them on all the time. And that particular, I don't know if it, what it's like in the States, but definitely here in Australia, in the small business community, we're all about the referral with not getting anything in return for it. Mm. So um, something, and, and just as an example, which is not exactly the same as white labeling, but like with my online programs, I've got an affiliate program. So any of my members can refer other people, they make money from it. But I also get the benefit of they've pretty much sold my service for me, you know. So it's yes. a win-win-win really for every yes. single person in that in that process there. So yep. as far as hiring and delegating, because obviously a big part of not DIYing is finding the right people, um, what are your tips for people to be able to do this effectively? Because that's one of the biggest fears I think is that you're not going to find the right person. Yeah, yeah. All right. My number one tip for finding a really great person to delegate to is to make sure that once you have found and vet somebody really seriously, we have a very serious like vetting process and I can go into that if you want me to, but we have a, I think it's like seven steps at this point that we pull people through before they ever work for us. But the key to getting people to stay with you and be an asset in your company and grow with you is to share your vision with them. This is something that took me a little while to realize. When I hired people, I was hiring people to do tasks. And it was great. They got tasks done and it was fantastic. But they weren't, they weren't growing at all with my company. 
And what happened is I then brought in a couple people who I started sharing my vision with them. And you know what happened? They started making suggestions and they started being more proactive and they started being really excited and they bought into what I was doing. And you know what happened also is we, as a, I don't know, in our culture, I would say, and maybe it's like a millennial culture. I don't know what it is, but there's this big thing right now with people just want to do work that they love. And it almost means more to them than making a lot of money. Yes, and when 100%. you share your vision with your the people that are working for you, even if it's just like hiring somebody to work like five hours a week for your company, or maybe it's hiring somebody like one of your friends or something to work five hours a month for you, like talk to them about your vision for the company. Tell them about what you plan to do next. Tell them about your mission. You know, I'm on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial stress. We as a team are on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial stress. Yeah. So my team members bring ideas to me. When I told my team that I wanted to start getting on people's podcasts and I proceeded not to pitch myself for podcasts because I was having all kinds of mindset issues over it, my team said to me, hey, I think we could make a bigger impact if you go out and you start getting on podcasts. Can I start pitching you? And I was like, yes. I, I'm taking my hands off the wheel. You can pitch me. And, and they so did that, a good job. Let me and tell, they, they did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and I am on this podcast right now because I realized that I needed to bring people in. I, and my business needs to be bigger than Kristen Molinar. You know, this is a company that I'm building and I let go of the perfectionism. I bet I could look at the email that was sent to you and nitpick it, but you know what? Like, why would we do that? Like we need yeah. to let people own stuff and move yeah. forward with it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I always say as well that people, and I say this in a marketing point of view, particularly with social media content and engaging your audience, but it's the same, same sort of thing is that people buy where you're going, not where you are right now. So when you share your vision with someone, they will decide whether that's a vision they want to get on the train with. And they'll That's do that if you're an they're your audience on Instagram or your audience on Facebook or your Facebook group or your email list, whoever it is, they'll buy into your journey. And when you're outsourcing or finding someone to do a task for you, it's so much easier if that person's on the same journey with you because they'll start to think independently themselves and come up with ideas that are going to be better for you, like that example of your team saying, yep, we're just going to pitch your podcast uh, you know, um, interviews for you. But I think yes. that that whole statement around um, you, you weren't doing it yourself. So you were probably overthinking it or, you know, you, were, you weren't getting to the point of doing it yourself. And I guess that leads into, I, I'd like to just explore for the last bit of the podcast, the mindset a little bit more around this and how we can kind of self-sabotage ourselves by not just doing the things um, that we need to do. We overthink it. We put yep. way too many steps or stupid stories that we tell ourselves about why we're not worthy for it or ready for it or big enough for it. Um, so let's just talk a little bit more about, I guess, the mindset of this, you know, not being anti-entrepreneurial and how we can, you know, overcome those things. What What's your take on all that? Yeah, I, I find that my self-sabotage journey looks different 
each year. (laughs) You know, (laughs) some of the things that I was self-sabotaging in the beginning are totally different than when I'm self-sabotaging now. And um, having, I I think that it all, it kind of ties everything I've said together. Like I realized that I will probably never get to a level as an entrepreneur that I cannot self-sabotage. Like I'm not going to get to that level. There will probably be. We're inherently human and that's part of what we do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But that's why I surround myself with a team because they keep me accountable and, and also they help me jump over some of the hurdles of self self sabotage, right? Like I could hire a coach and maybe that would be really great because a coach could help me get over the mindset block I have of pitching myself for podcasts. But frankly, it was a lot cheaper for me to just pay somebody to help me jump over the hurdle of pitching myself for podcasts. And not only did I get over the hurdle, but um, I also was able to book podcasts. Yeah. So I guess you just have to think about like the areas that you, you're struggling in. Is there a way for you to just jump over it? Because heck, when you outsource something to somebody else, like the person that pitched my podcast for me. So her name is Goldie and she's absolutely wonderful. We love Goldie. Um, She's not looking at podcasts going, I don't know if Kristen is good enough for this podcast. She's back there going, yeah, Kristen's amazing. She picked, I, I was laughing actually. She pitched me to Marie Forleo and Pat Flynn. And when we got the like rejection responses, I laughed and I was like, Goldie, I never would have pitched myself to these people, but you know what? Good for you for going after it. <laughs> so I, I just, I think that we often overlook hiring and outsourcing as a source to jumping over that self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, as particularly for women, we have so much of that team culture that we need to have in our life. Women are so relationship driven. We're so driven by, you know, by having other people to bounce things off. And when you've got someone in your team that you can bounce those things off and go, oh, I don't think I'm really ready for that. You know, they're probably going to be the first people to go, yeah, you are. Like, what are you doing? What are you saying to yourself? And it's, it's almost like, it's just, it's nice to have other people, particularly if you are a solopreneur, it is nice to have other people in your team that you can speak like privately about things and share things with, um, without feeling like you're going out into a broader network and maybe making yourself too vulnerable. It's like a nice little safe space as well that you can be able to do those things. And, you know, and I think you're right. We don't ever get over it. Like I was just, I had a session with my own business coach just yesterday and I was talking about exposure for me, like taking my exposure to the next level. And we were talking about writing down my podcast wish list of people that I want to have on my podcast. And I'm like writing down these names going, how am I ever going to freaking pitch myself to these people? And so getting in my own way. And it's funny because I went, I'm just going to write a pitch email and I'm going to send it to my V and just get her to send it because she yeah. won't think twice about it. She'll go, yes, Stacey's freaking awesome. I'm just going to send this email. <laughs> and she'll follow up and there will be yeah. no hesitation to yeah, follow yeah. up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, for me, that was like a total hashtag no brainer. I'll just write out yeah. the template and here you go. You send it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how, how much time, I mean, going back to the like energy piece, how much time would we energetically sit there and like 
sweat over this like pitch that we have to send versus just putting it on somebody else's lap and then like moving on. Yeah. Like, so they've probably done a better job than we ever would anyway because we're overthinking it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> Love it. So um, have you got any, I guess, final final words or final tips that you want to share with our listeners today? And then how can everyone uh, follow you or get in contact with you as well? Where can they find you? Yeah. So my final like takeaway is that if you want to be an entrepreneur, build a business that you love. Don't do things just because marketers are telling you that you need to do them. Build a business around what you love. So build a marketing strategy around how you show up best. Do it in a way that feels right for you. Build your packages and monetize your services in a way that lights you up. You're in control here. You're the boss. So act like a boss, be an entrepreneur, and just go after the business that you love. Um, And if you're interested in hearing more, like maybe you're a solopreneur and you're like, well, what is it like to work with Yes Boss? You can always check us out, yesbossva.com. Um, we are, it sounds, it seems to be that we're switching our Instagram over to helping people that are virtual assistants build businesses. Like I have, I'm, I'm starting to get out there and just talk to people about how I built my business as a virtual assistant. So if you're in that space, like maybe a social media manager, somebody in the virtual assistant world, check us out on Instagram at yes, boss VA. Um, and if you need help figuring out like what what is it that I should be focused on? I'm doing all the things. I know I need help, but I'm like in that step number one of eliminating non-essentials. And I don't even know where to begin. Like we have a like free ebook that comes with a workbook, totally free. You can check that out at yesbossva.com slash work less, make more. But it truly is the first step towards getting back to that original business vision and not having all the things going on in your life. So I really just, I want to help every single person, like truly, truly, I want to help every single entrepreneur eradicate entrepreneurial stress. There's just no reason to be stressed out anymore. Like Stacy and I are perfect examples. We are building our business by having a conversation with one another. Like this is totally, totally fun. I would do this all day long. And we are not unique unicorns. We are people that self-sabotage and that have mindset issues. We've just figured out little tweaks and strategies to build a business despite our humanness. And that can be the reality for every single listener too. I mean, like I'm literally sitting in my bedroom because when coronavirus, see, we live in a really small house. So normally I'm spread out all over the kitchen table because I can see the view of all the hills and everything from my, from my dining room. So I like to sit there because visually it's, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing for me. So when coronavirus hit and then my entire family was under my feet, like overnight, which did my head in, I made myself a little nook in our bedroom, which isn't where I really like to sit, but you know, we're sitting here, I'm in my bedroom. I'm not sitting in some fancy, fancy recording studio or anything like that. You just, you know, we've just taken the steps to move our business forward. We've both got our, what we both have our like iPhone um, headphones in. We're so fancy. Yes. So fancy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, well, it's been so awesome chatting to you today. And I know that a lot of my listeners will really love this episode because a lot of them, like I said, are in that DIY mindset. And it's, um, and it's really important that we talk about the mindset of overcoming those things because it helps you grow your business. It helps you take your, your business and yourself to the next level, helps you stop treating your business like a hobby um, when, you know, you are in this business because it's your passion and you actually can make some good in the world and serve people and make real money from it. Um, so yeah, it's been awesome having you on here and have the social hub podcast go global. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so honored that you had me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the social hub podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the social hub forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the social media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.